Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we're going to talk about the 2010 DreamWorks film Megamind. My name is Sarah. I'm the mom of a six-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey. I am the mom of a 19-year-old young lady, a nine-year-old boy, three-year-old boy, shit. I I got through young lady this time and then forgot (laughs) how old my kids are. It's always something with me. It's fine. It's fine. It happens. So this movie has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was not nominated for a Golden Globe or an Academy Award the year it came out. So what was? So, But that's odd, right? Because usually the pool for animated films is so small that I think every movie we've ever talked about has been nominated for him. Has at least been nominated. Yes. Yes. So that year... um, DreamWorks also released How to Train Your Dragon. So I'm wondering if that was it. Like, they put their their effort behind that. Right. Probably that's the case. So the Golden Globe nominees were Toy Story 3, Despicable Me, How to Train Your Dragon, The Illusionist, and Tangled. Which has come up a few times because we've talked about three of those three movies. three of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Academy Awards were Toy Story, How to Train Your Dragon, and The Illusionist. Toy Story 3 won both. So originally I was like, well, dream maybe studios, well, this would make no sense, but my initial thought was maybe studios are only able to have one movie in the running. But that actually makes absolutely no sense if you apply it to like the broader Academy Awards Golden Globe situation. Um, but anyways, I'm just going to guess that DreamWorks decided not to put the effort behind it. They figured that How to Train Your Dragon was the more likely candidate to win. Well, and that costs money. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of money that goes into putting up a movie for the award process. Right. I feel like um, people outside of, like, like, the actual Hollywood, the physical locale that is Hollywood... People uh-huh. outside of that sphere aren't really fully aware of how no. much effort goes into the whole awards process. Getting movies put in for awards, getting movies voted on for awards. There's like millions of dollars of ad campaigns that goes into that. We just don't see it out here outside of Hollywood. Because we Why? don't have the money. <laughs> and we're and not voting We're on not it. voting. Yeah. And we're not being wooed. And Because it, we, they're both aren't... They both voted on by, I don't know about Golden Globes, but like Academy Awards is voted on by other actors, producers, directors, all of that, right? Like they make up the Academy. No, that, no. Okay. No, no, the Academy is made up of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So I was getting that swapped around. I was thinking Mm -hmm. Golden Globes was the press and Academy Awards was the... But the Golden Globes is not... The SAG Awards, the Screen Actor Mm -hmm. Guild Awards, are the ones that are actually voted on by the actors. Who votes for Golden Globes? That's a good question. Who votes for Golden Globes, Google? Um, the... No, that is the Hollywood Foreign Press. So who votes for... 
Academy Awards. No, uh, you're no. It's the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences, which is made up of actors, casting directors, cinematographers, oh, costume so. designers. Direct- because I I follow enough famous people on Instagram where the four year consideration season they all like kind of talk about it or like they'll show right. when they get screeners or whatever. So I knew that there had to be some aspect of it that but is. I think there's. I think who actually votes is the vote. Who are the voting members? And I think that's secret. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. The so actors make up the largest segment with thirteen hundred. Um. Of the 8,400 voting members. And it looks like it's a total, like, um, country club atmosphere where you have to be nominated by two current members to get in. Oh, yeah. So it's all cronyism, I'm sure. Well, anyways, I mean, we don't really need to get into this right now. But other than to say, outside of, like, the actual Hollywood physicality location of Hollywood. This does not come across. You don't see it. You don't see it. Unless you like, uh, maybe if you subscribe to like Variety, like the actual hard copy of Variety, you might see some for your consideration ads. But like in upstate New York, we don't get for your consideration billboards because there's literally like two Baldwins that live here. <laughs> and neither of them. I doubt they're on the academy. <laughs> not, not your Baldwin. No, not my Baldwin. Not your Baldwin. <laughs> I guarantee at least one Baldwin <laughs> and probably two Baldwins do belong it's to the possible. academy. It's, it's, it's highly likely, but probably not your Baldwin's. So yeah. So <laughs> this, it's just a, a rare movie that did not receive any nominations which again like i said i we've watched some stinkers and they've all and they've all been nominated so does that feel like a deliberate snub to you then it's so strange to me because like they it's obvious they put like some effort behind it i mean they have brad pitt as one of the voices cast i mean legitimately this cast is sizable right and it wasn't it was not like a bomb at the box mm-hmm. office. It held its own. It was. It had a reasonable box office for an animated film. I mean, it now, wasn't like a runaway hit. We it talked wasn't... about no, and we talked about this when we did Despicable Me. This mm-hmm. movie was after. So mm-hmm. Despicable Me came out in the fall, in the spring, and this one came out in the fall. Mm-hmm. So there was maybe a little bit of overlap, and like it did, I believe, overlap with How to Train Your Dragon. I don't know. But either way, it had, like, a a reasonable box office. Like, it It wasn't a loser in terms of money. Um, It's not, I mean, maybe because it didn't become, like, the franchise that, like, Despicable Me and How to Train Your Dragon and um, what are some other DreamWorks movies? Uh, Shrek and um, uh, Kung Fu Panda. All Mm. of those became franchises. This kind of falls into, like, that DreamWorks phase where you got like I, this and monsters versus aliens in particular both stand out to me because they came out in within a year of each other they're both dreamworks mm-hmm. movies they both didn't lead to sequels 
but they are in the the little like holiday um, bundles of shorts that DreamWorks puts together. They'll have mm-hmm. both of these things in those. So it's not like DreamWorks completely forgot about them. And it's not like they this movie like did fairly well at the box office. Mm-hmm. It like stood up against like How to Train Your Dragon. It, it, their numbers aren't that far off. So I don't also, know what made it's it drop funny. off. Yeah. I don't know either. It's, Why it, did but, it get but it's so Why did funny. it get forgotten? I, I don't, don't understand. Know. I don't understand. I'll tell you. Um, back in it must have been like 2013. I went on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and at the time, I don't know if they still do. At the time, they had some kind of like contract with DreamWorks, where like to compete, I would say probably with like Disney cruises, they had like DreamWorks characters on. They played DreamWorks movies. They would do like this. The boat that we were on was one of those ones that had like the um, the courtyard in the middle, and like so some of the rooms instead of having like no window, you got like a window out into the inside of the. Okay. Boat. Okay. They would a do. Window. Okay. Yeah, Make yeah. <laughs> they would do like a, a daily parade down there, and it would have like float, like kind of like floats, mini floats, I would say, and like DreamWorks <laughs> characters, like Poe would would like go down and like whatever. But one of the channels on like the in the TV on board would only play DreamWorks movies, and for some reason, this movie and Monsters vs. Aliens were like always on and I get so seasick I should never go on a cruise again I've been on two I was miserable on both of them but I was seasick for the entire time and so I spent a lot of time like laying down trying not to throw up so I saw a lot of this movie and Monsters vs. Aliens and I will always always associate these two movies with that experience if you get seasick on a Mm -hmm. cruise ship Mm -hmm. I never want to go with you anywhere on any boat of any size. <laughs> I do generally, like, try to avoid small <laughs> boats, but I've been on small boats, like, um, going to Vermont, you have to take a ferry, and, mm-hmm. like, I, none of that usually bothers me. I don't know if it's just, like, the extent of time on a cruise ship that, like, makes it a problem, but, yeah. I keep telling myself, no, no, it's just because... The first time one of the engines was down and we went through like rocky waters and like whatever. And I give myself an excuse. It takes about five years before I convince myself that it's okay to go on another cruise. So <laughs> how, how many years do we have to wait for the next one? Oh, I'm, I'm past you. <laughs> <laughs> well, COVID gave you some extra margin yeah. of forgetting time. How about that? Yeah. So that's my memory of this movie. Do you have any memory of this movie? So I want to say that this was right around the time that my oldest son was born. Mm-hmm. And we, he would not sleep without some form of night light on mm-hmm. and so but we co-slept so frequently it would end up being the fucking TV yeah. because that was the available night light for yeah. me to turn on so we marathoned a lot of movies yeah, and this was one of them mm-hmm. 
I still have this one on DVD because okay. it was still 2010. <laughs> so we still owned and purchased DVDs. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> craziness. Craziness. But yes. So this movie and Rio, mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think because of the blue, if yeah. I'm being honest, because both Blue the Bird and Megamind. Blue there of was the Megamind. a lot of blue mm -hmm. in DreamWorks at this point. Because you've mm -hmm. got Blue. Rio is DreamWorks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a very blue movie mm -hmm. beyond the fact that the main character is blue. Their like, tone is very right. cool tones in blue. Mm -hmm. This movie, obviously, main character mm -hmm. is blue. Again, cool tones in blue. And then I would say Monsters vs. Aliens is also mm -hmm. a very blue movie. <laughs> And it was their blue period. <laughs> which was great for me to have some not bright, vibrant yeah. light. Sure. Uh, another one that we did a lot of, which was not DreamWorks, 20th Century Fox, um, Ice Age. Okay. Also very, very blue. blue. Yeah. <laughs> very blue. Very calming. Yeah. Just How funny. So we watched this one a lot, and I was worried when we decided to do this again. So was I. discussed it so many times. Mm -hmm. I was really afraid that it was not going to hold up yeah. to a critical evaluation. And we've but had that happen so many times. So too, many times. Where we're like, okay, this will be a good movie. And then we watch it, and we're like, oh, my God, oh my this God. is the worst movie ever. <laughs> And I didn't have that here. And in fact, mm -hmm. on critical review, I find it honestly to potentially be one of the best thought out stories mm -hmm. DreamWorks has made. My biggest complaint with DreamWorks always is that they don't fucking think about what they're telling kids and they yeah. don't realize the impact mm -hmm. some of these stories can have on them long yeah. term. And we've talked about that plenty of times on here. How plenty they just don't give that thought to the movies. No. You know, and we cut a lot of slack to, in particular, the nine old men, right? Mm -hmm. Classic Disney was made in a different time by different yeah. people. It, that Fundamentally, that time doesn't exist anymore. Right. And when we look at those movies, we can say, this is why this movie was made right. the way that yeah. it was. When you look at Shrek, made uh -huh. in 2007, there's no fucking excuse uh -huh. for that shit. Or the B-movie. Or the B-movie. There's no excuse right. for any of that stuff. Yeah. But this movie is... I think it does a really good job. I would say that my app, my main issue with this movie is the character styling of Tina Fey's character. She's kind of an... I don't want to say awkward, because I feel like they did try to make her a realistic woman. I don't as know. A... Her head is so But there's big, something wrong with and her. And her neck is non-existent. <laughs> and then they have her dressed in the most ridiculous outfits that no, like, self-respecting woman would, like, Would dress wear herself Regularly. In. No. Like, if... the red dress that she wears in the beginning as a newscaster. If you saw a newscaster wearing that, would you be like... Um, <laughs> what? Yeah? And then, like, I, I don't know, like, throughout the whole movie, her wardrobe just really bothered me. And, 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 and again, I'm like, 
at least they changed her clothes. They did. Right? They changed her clothes. And you know what's funny? I actually noticed that she rewears one of the dresses. There's like a blue dress. I think she wears it for one of the dates she has with Bernard. And then she's wearing it again at the ceremony for Megamind at the end. Okay, that's great. <laughs> So it's like, oh, okay, she rewears clothes in her wardrobe. That's realistic. That's realistic. Just they're awful clothes. Right. And that blue dress in particular reminds me of like a mother of the bride dress. It's got like the ruffle. It has like a (laughs) ruffle up at the collar and then it goes into like a, a ruffled V. And it's like sleeveless and it looks like it's made out of Dupani silk. It looks straight out of like mother of the bride off the rack at the wedding store. Like, this woman would not be wearing this dress. There is no way. <laughs> so, clearly, we have a problem with Roxanne Ritchie's stylist. Yeah. That, but, but that's, like, my biggest, biggest issue. If that's the biggest complaint we have, <laughs> then this one's really good. Because so, I think it's a study, right, of nature versus nurture. Yeah. Yeah, and I, mean, I love that about it. I, t- I love, too, like, how Megamind had his relationship with Minion his entire uh-huh. life. And Metro Man didn't have that. Uh-uh. He didn't have somebody like that. He didn't uh-uh. have anybody. We also have class comparisons mm-hmm. here, yeah. I think, that you really can make in the right. difference between how Metro Man was mm-hmm. raised and how Megamind... Was raised in a prison. In prison, <laughs> like, can we keep him? And they did. Yeah. I mean, on a base level, you kind of got to feel bad for Baby right. Megamind yeah. because he wasn't really given any opportunity to right. know the difference between right and wrong. Right. Yeah. He was raised by literal criminals. <laughs> literal criminals who taught him that police were bad and robbers were good. Like, on the fucking flashcards. Dying. I was... But it's really, it's an interesting question. And it allows us, I think, and allows kids who potentially may not have the best situations at home Mm -hmm. to be able to look at this critically and go, hmm... I have a shot to be something else. Right. Yep. I don't have to be what I was meant to be. I can be what I want to be, I guess, is a good way to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like the story of this one, for sure. And also, like, that you can um, you can be redeemable. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the people acting in this? What were your thoughts? My initial thought, I have to tell you, as soon as I started watching this movie, I was like, that's not Jim Carrey, right? It's no, not Jim Carrey. Not no, it's Jim Will Ferrell. But it's Will Ferrell playing Jim Carrey, right? Can we agree to that? Like, if Will Ferrell had to be Jim Carrey in a movie, this is how he would portray him. I really, I, <laughs> I felt like he was channeling somebody. Yeah. That's for sure. And... <laughs> And I like Will a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of his range. Right, yeah. I no longer talk about how I like actors personally (laughs) at all. But I like Will Ferrell's range Mm -hmm. as an actor. And I really, I think this was really well done. I think so, too. I love how he always mispronounces things. I mean, the that most so good. The most obvious is Matrocity. Matrocity <laughs> is my favorite. 
And it's so it's so deliberate too. Not right. metrocity, metrocity. Of course, yeah. it's a metrocity. <laughs> and then that comes back into as a plot point too. Mm-hmm. But there's other things he mispronounces throughout, and I can't remember what they are. Uh, so many, it's just <laughs> Shkul, uh, shul, shul. I think it's shul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I like the little bits of humor mm-hmm. between Minion and Megamind, right? I they, do. Like they have a functional friendship relationship, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> I don't know. Here's the question. Do we think it would have mattered if Megamind had heard what his father said, given where he landed in the first place? No. Right? It wouldn't have mattered. So, what mattered then was that he had his best friend with him. And his binky. And his binky. <laughs> we gave you your best friend and your binky. Mm-hmm. And then they go out to, like, it's a game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's always a game, the, the good versus evil. I, although, it does seem like at some point in time, Metro Man gets tired of playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that scene. Because it's so funny to me where <laughs> he's talking about how he didn't want to be a hero anymore. Uh-huh. And Megamind and Roxanne are telling him how he has to be. Yeah. The the agreement of, no, no, this is the good versus evil thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, um, Metro Man... Not very attractive. Metro Man with a beard? Very attractive. Probably top ten most attractive animated characters. <laughs> he kind of looks like Joe... Um, I'm going to mangle his last name. Mang- Mang- Manganello. The guy who's married to Sofia Vergara. Oh. <laughs> and was in Magic Mike. He kind of looks it. like him. Doesn't he? <laughs> I think it's Mangello. But I, don't I know. could be wrong. You know what I'm talking about, though. The guy from Magic Mike who's not Channing Tatum. <laughs> and is married to Sofia Vergara. <laughs> so, yeah, did you think Brad phoned this one in? Oh, he absolutely did. I mean, we've talked about it on here a bunch of times. And we just talked about it with Will Ferrell. How, like, they really act the part. And they do a really good job as voice actors. Because an actor isn't always going to be a good voice actor. And I think Brad Pitt is very much that example. Because he's just Brad Pitt. Right? He's just Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. (laughs) He's just Brad Pitt. I don't... To be clear, I do not think Brad Pitt is a bad actor. Right. I have no problem with Brad Pitt. (laughs) He's not one of my favorites, technically. Although, I think Burn After Reading was a really, really great role. Okay. But, in general, Brad is just kind of Brad. As an actor, I I don't, like, avoid things he's been in. Because I don't have... He does an okay job. I don't specifically seek them out either. And I never really have, because he's... Physically, he doesn't really do it for me. Me neither. But Metro Man with a beard. Yes. (laughs) 
he he does kind of fit into that rugged lumberjack look that you and I both seem to go for. I guess so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just Brad Pitt. I'm glad he didn't have a bigger role because it would have been more of a problem. But, like, it's just Brad Pitt, and that's but, fine. With yeah, the role we, as it is, that's fine. Yeah, and 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 Brad Pitt as Metro Man, to be honest, Makes was sense. a good yeah. rendering. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally makes sense. I'm okay with it's it. It's great. It's Man. great. Tina Fey, I don't know. She was just... Tina Fey. It wasn't. I mean, she wasn't Tina Fey, no, but she, she also wasn't. wasn't outstanding as this character. But that's not to say it's her fault. There just wasn't much to do with this character. It wasn't like Megamind, where there was like a lot to do with the character, right? No, but I think she did a certainly an acceptable voice job. We yeah. talked before about how we didn't recognize her in this until yeah. so possibly enough and you're right there wasn't i mean her character was really interesting it was not a a pants in the in the way that i expect a pants mm-hmm. yeah. for for like a twilight right. pants obviously she was not a pants mm-hmm. you can't just put yourself into her there's there is some personality there right but not a whole lot She's mm-hmm. really just a foil for Megamind. Which is fine. Which is fine. Because it's not her movie. No. It's right. Megamind's movie, yeah. Megamind's journey, all that's fine. But it's why it's a one-off, mm-hmm. right? Because this is, this is it. We get this arc, and then there's not really any place left right. to go unless we bring in new villains. Right. Which you could do, I guess. I mean, it's not outside of what happens with movies. And I have not watched any of the, like, additional shorts that they've done with him, so I don't know. Maybe No, I know that there are a few, and they're probably, honestly, they're probably funny, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, they did, God, there's just something about how they wrote this character that really does get the Mm -hmm. punny slapstick stuff really nails it yeah and and part of that is will absolutely but part of that is the character too i think and then there's minion who i love and i love their relationship but i don't really love david cross i feel like there could have been a whole host of people who could have played that role fine we're we're 10 years out of date though and Mm -hmm. he was less of an asshole 10 years ago than he is but even like 10 years ago how relevant was he for something like this eh, whatever (laughs) it's fine it's It's fine fine, whatever jonah hill of course obvious like that's what he does although the villain wasn't I, I mean he, he doesn't get to do a whole lot of villains yeah so. yeah no I like the the way that character comes to fruition so <laughs> I don't think we ever it really comes up in the movie but it does amuse the hell out of me that he misspelled his name oh <laughs> does he yes because Megamine introduces him as Titan yeah. You know, the yeah. the god, Holding, Titan, yeah. T-I-T-A-N. Mm-hmm. He, and if you check the captioning, always pronounces it Titan. 
So T-I-T-I-G-H-T-E-N. T-I-G-H-T-E-N. Oh. Titan. Like we're <laughs> tightening a bolt. Oh, this is how dumb he is. He can't even get his supervillain name <laughs> correct. And there's a line between the two of them at the end that I fucking love. <laughs> I like that he says, you're a villain, all right, just not a super one. And he goes, what's the difference? And Megamind says, presentation. And I'm just... <laughs> um, I love that he wears gym shorts over his yes. costume. Yes. <laughs> He's just... And when he's talking about conspiracies, there is no Santa Claus. There is no Easter Bunny. There is no Queen of England. (laughs) I specifically wrote that there is no Queen of England. I don't know what I've been missing, but apparently there is no Queen of England. But I think that's important for those Mm -hmm. when you're going to say something like that to add something. You know, if you're going to say there's no Santa, there's no Easter Bunny, you got to, like, then say something like there is no Queen of England. Because there's obviously a Queen of England, right? Obviously. So if your kid could be like, what? You'd be like, she's literally right there, kid. Look. That's her. Anyways. So (laughs) there is, in the way of... Now, I'll admit, DreamWorks conspiracies don't quite have the same zing to them that, say, Pixar conspiracies do. But there is some theories about a DreamWorks universe. Oh, okay. And the one that floats up here is that Space Dad is Megamind's real father. We see him in the beginning, like, I don't know, there's just... How, what? Like, right. there, Space didn't... Dad, the character that Megamind plays to convince Titan that he's a it's superhero. Not Megamind's father. That no, is that obviously he... Will Ferrell no, that playing Brando. No, Metro Man's father, but yes, I agree. Okay. Yes, I agree. Okay, okay. No, I think that's obviously Brando. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) We forgot to mention that J.K. Simmons is the warden. Oh, how could... Perfect. So perfect. Speaking of J.K. Simmons, I have spent the last, I don't know, week or so watching... um, the show Counterpart, which if you have not watched that one, Mm-mm. I got it on Amazon Prime. It's uh, an alternate universe. Okay. And he plays himself from this universe and himself from that universe. And it's just, man, he's really one of my favorites. <laughs> really one of my favorites. Howard is this amazing character twice he's an amazing character twice it's just it's a lot of fun but yeah jk is always great (laughs) and was good here's the warden too although who played him better the warden or minion as the warden (laughs) so Um, originally it was supposed to be Ben Stiller as Megamind, and then Robert Downey Jr. 
but then it ended up going to Will Ferrell because there were scheduling conflicts with Robert Downey Jr. So I'm wondering what those scheduling contacts, conflicts were. What was Robert Downey Jr. doing in 2009? Iron Man. That's what I was guessing. Iron <laughs> that Man. was going to be my guess. 2009. For, Let's see. For the rest of his life, Iron Man. Yeah. He was doing Iron Man in 2000. Well, no. So Iron Man in 2008... Sherlock Holmes in 2009. Iron Man 2 came out in 2010, so he was probably doing Iron Man 2. He was probably Um, filming Iron Man 2. But the other thing that I thought was interesting is that Justin Theroux and Guillermo del Toro were creative consultants on this film. I can understand Guillermo del Toro, but what was Justin Theroux doing over here? Do you know who Justin Theroux is, right? He's the guy from The Leftovers, used to date Jennifer Aniston, Uh like... What creative consultant on this movie? For what purpose? Stunt double throwing <laughs> himself around. I, I mean, there was a lot of falling. That, that that's what I've got for you. There I don't was a know. lot of falling. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Anyways, he's also a screenwriter, by the way. How about that? Yeah, but yeah. So just a funny thing on the Wikipedia page. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's pretty. Funny? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was relevant to somebody. There I guess we so. Go. Well he does voice Mega Man's dad. Mega okay. Mind's dad, I mean. So for the in the very beginning. seconds he's yeah. on stage right. or on screen. Yes. <laughs> that too. Um so soundtrack was good. Mm-hmm. This this movie did a great job with the soundtrack. So at one of the points, Mega Man Mind is coming out to Highway, highway to Hell. And, like, it's the build-up. And you know I'm on a highway to hell is coming up. And you're like, but this is a kid's movie. Are they going to say that? And then they cleverly, that's when the radio cuts out, to loving you each time it gets to hell in the chorus. And I'm like, that is hilarious that they did that. Like, a kid will never pick that up. But all the parents are like, that's awesome. (laughs) And so here's the thing. Shocks no one listening to this show if you've heard more than one episode that I curse like a sailor. I actually did not fucking pick that up at all because it didn't register in my brain that there weren't (laughs) curse words. I wouldn't have cared. I mean, I, so it's, I don't think it would, it would occur to me if I was listening to that song at home to like be concerned about it. But because I knew I was watching like a kids movie, that just seemed like so out of place to oh, me. I'm I was sure like, you "This is so interesting." It was great the way they did it, though. It was like uh, the chef's kiss, really perfect. Oh yeah. But overall, this is a great soundtrack. This soundtrack does everything that Onward should have done. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Is the red-headed villain becoming a trope between this and The Incredibles? We have two red-headed superhero villains who are superheroes, but they're actually villains. But they're actually villains. And this movie comes out six years after The Incredibles. And I feel like 
there are other examples of this. While I cannot readily pull them to my brain, that there is something tropey about this. I'm sure. I mean, okay. So I just Googled redheaded, redheaded villain. villain. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of what comes up is ridiculous, like Chucky and Leprechaun. <laughs> okay. That's not the same level as what I'm talking about here. Syndrome comes up as like the most po- like most obvious one. Uh-huh. Um no, I mean there's not really like a a well laid out red-headed superhero villain situation going on here. Poison Ivy red-headed villain. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's really just there's this coincidence no, between these, these two movies. Two. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Unless we want to count Chucky and Leprechaun. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Titan. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, what else do we want to talk about with this movie? So many good little puns. It is. It's fun. Like, I feel like you could watch it ten times and come up with something new each time. I really do enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. every single time. It just, there's little things that tickle me. Yep. It's just, and I think that that's because they really paid attention to all of the small details. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't like Roxanne Richie's dresser, when's the last animated movie that you can think of where a woman character actually fucking had one? Yeah. Where she changed right. clothes. Nope, good point. And and there's just, it's those things. Things it's the car mm-hmm. and where it gets left and yep. that it is invisible and and that... it continues to be a plot point throughout the movie throughout the movie. So they in this movie, I would say that they do one of the best. Like you know, there's that that standard of comedy where like you set the joke up and right. then you bring it back to the joke, right? And, you and they do that throughout this movie. Uh-huh. They do that. And what that is, is it's not assuming that your audience is stupid, Mm -hmm. because it takes some presence of mind to be able to remember that that joke was brought in to begin with, and then you're going to wrap it up later on in the show. And there are comics who, throughout time, who have been really good at this, but it's in a kids movie in particular it assumes the intelligence of our audience which is children Mm -hmm. and I really really appreciate that so often it's DreamWorks in particular frankly (laughs) treats our kids like they're dumb Mm -hmm. and they're not going to recognize what they're seeing because they don't know enough yet This one actually kind of twists that and manages to assume the intelligence of the audience and that they're going to be able to pick up the invisible car at the end of the movie. Yeah. And they do. Like, when my kids have watched this throughout the years... Like, all of those little bits are, like, gems, and they like finding them. They like 
feeling like they're in on a secret. Mm -hmm. And this movie really does cultivate that for them. It's, I wish there were more like this. Mm -hmm. I agree. What age would you say? Um, my son started liking this movie at five and six, although he really didn't start appreciating the finer punny details until the last year or mm -hmm. so. So eight or nine, I think. Yeah, I is would when say... it really starts being meaningful or impactful. Yeah. Um, I would say. It's okay at five. Your kid will probably oh, enjoy yeah. it, but I agree that like later on they'll get it better. Um, my kid actually sat all the way through it, which was it's. We've talked about how that's become a rare thing, because it's just not a novelty anymore. <laughs> not not in this here time of no. Corona. No. <laughs> no, but at eight nine, the conversations that I have had with my son about. About Megamind in particular uh -huh. have been really awesome conversations I think about doing what we want to do versus doing what we think we're supposed to do uh -huh. being a good person and it's really it really is a beautiful opportunity that they've given here, especially for kids who don't have the best situation, to be able to see that there are choices. It's really and funny. I went to Common Sense Media to, like, get, you know, because we, you know, they say it's six plus, which I would agree to. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the comments people make, we've talked about this before, how, like, yeah. Common Sense Media is like a progressive company, but it's the people who contribute to Common Sense Media who are maybe a little more conservative than we would expect. So one <laughs> of the one of the lower um, ratings is because there's alcohol at the restaurant when they're on their date. There is. Yeah, but there there are there's alcohol at restaurants when you go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it's there. I mean, you can take you can whitewash it out of everything your kid wash watches. But why do that? Well, and I think that when you do, I mean, we've talked about this before, but here especially, you're setting them up for failure if you remove all of the elements of the world that you don't approve of. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> they'll just come slamming right in once you're not around all of the time. Hmm. <sighs> But I don't think we're talking to those people no, anymore, no, to be fair. Not. I think if we were... <laughs> those people left the show the and week we did Soul. That's okay. So that's it's okay. fine. It's fine. Um, Halloween costumes? Any and all. Go for it. Go for it. I would love to see it. Really, really would. Take me pictures of your itty-bitty Megamines <laughs> and send them to me, and I will hang them on my fucking refrigerator. Speaking of costumes. awesome. I love Megaman's costumes, or Megamind's costumes throughout this movie. And then I love how at the end he has, like, a total streamlined, like, superhero costume. Uh-huh. He doesn't have the giant... Uh, collars no, with and studs and the black mamba. Yeah. That fucking 
definitely channeling Elton John. <laughs> I just, with all the spikes, yeah, like, so well done. They're so good. And I, I also liked the tour through Metro Man's Den, yes. and we got and to the, see all of his various and assorted capes. And the cape, yeah. And then he gets the cape at the end. And then he gets the cape at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, there are no children in this movie, so we do not have to Well, except in the beginning, when, well, where are your parents? They're dead on, an, on a, a on destroyed planets, planet. Right, they're on destroyed planets. The, the children in the schoolhouse behaved exactly yep. as children do, yep. down to the very finest detail, mm-hmm. so the kids would actually do all of this, all yeah. of this. I, I believe it. Um, this one's not really high on the blubber ability scale for me. No. But there's nothing... I, they, like, I feel like they could have gone down the road of Minion and Megamind's relationship more and pulled some feelings out of that, but they didn't, and that's fine. There might have been some tears when Minion died that last time. Oh, I know. <laughs> but if you hadn't already, but again, here they gave you information yeah. before that that was coming. That right. Minion faked his death. Yeah. So by the time we got to that one, we're we're all in on the joke. Yeah. Which, Mike had thought again, that was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so amazing. <laughs> All right, so we've given it ages. We've done Halloween costumes. All we've got left, baby, is the final score. I think I'm going to give it a four and a half. I think that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 not quite a five, right. but I like it better than a four. Yeah. So it's a four and a half stars. Yep. That's a I solid really four and a half. I really do like this one. Yep. If the animation was better for Roxanne, it could have been a five. And there are some story points that I think that they could have expanded Mm -hmm. on or made a little bit clearer. Because it's not actually a long movie. Right. It's 96 minutes. So they had probably another 10, 15 minutes where they could have... Given the nature of this movie, and, and, and I know 96 is kind of long for kids, except that this, it goes fast. It is. It keeps moving. There's no dead It's a dead really spots. quick movie. So yeah. I feel like they could have taken a couple extra minutes to give us some, some warm, fuzzy, feely stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there we go. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's all I've got. All right. Do you remember what we're talking about next time? No. No, I don't either. It's out on index cards upstairs. Yeah. And my stack of index cards, because January, let's be real, has been a fucking month, y'all. And my stack <laughs> of index cards is about an inch and a half tall at this point. I'm like... And it just keeps compounding, right? Yeah. I keep thinking... And I know that a lot of this is my fault. A lot of this is my fault. I got into, somehow, I misled myself into thinking that 2021 would somehow be different than 2020. 
And that was my mistake. I clearly should have known better. And then the coup happened. And now I live in a world where I just casually talk about how I live in a world where the coup happened. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I don't know what we're doing next show, though. I don't either. the upshot of all of I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So you'll be surprised, just like we'll be surprised. And it'll be two weeks from now when we record, and I'll we'll get together on Thursday. What are we? What are we watching? I don't know. Better watch it. <laughs> and on that note, if you have things you'd like to tell us, you can do that at latchkeymovies.com or latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can call us and yell at us. I always appreciate those phone calls. It's 402-885-4875. We are on Facebook and Instagram. 